Isa. Hey guys. Hello. Hello. How are Where you? Are Where are you? Good. That's your video. Ah, there you go. Yes. Hey. Yeah, so hey. How are you, man? you guys, man? How are things in Singapore? Okay, oh, man. Okay. How are you in? How are you in the land of uh, what? The hobbits? Is it? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. How's Middle Earth? Oh, jeez, I have Chris. I haven't seen you in years, man. Can you imagine <laughs> yeah. how many years it has been. Too many, too many too to many name. La. Too many, yeah. <laughs> too many to number. <laughs> I haven't seen in about the last ten years. Things here are okay. Um, it's getting warmer, so I'm happy oh, about yeah. that because yeah, it was quite a tough. Uh, it was yeah. quite a tough uh, winter. I mean, mm. tough, tough. You know, like Boston, or whatever. But you know, frankly, it's like after a while, you're like, okay, well, we really need the heat. Okay, man, I got, I gotta grab my drink for this. This is, uh, yeah. you know, this, this is fun time, man. We all, we all, we all, we all have our. Yeah, I, I got, I got a high ball here. <laughs> oh, nice. Long time ago, I, I had a, a a radio interview. I was so embarrassed about it because you know I, Why? I actually missed it. You missed so, it? Yeah, the guy. You did the turn guy, up. <laughs> this was this was in the nineties. I, I, I was, you know, I was out of control. I would sleep it. Okay, okay, okay. Save, save it for the podcast itself. Because <laughs> know, okay, okay. That's what we want. That's what we want. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I know, I know you. You got sure got a lot of stories on you. <laughs> yeah, that's why. That's why straight away say you must get Isa <laughs> Let's get into the whole thing. Um, I'll stay us in and then do the intro. So three, two, one. Welcome to another episode of Lion City Rock, the only podcast about Singapore's pop music scene that you never knew you needed to know about until now. Um, today, I'm joined once again with my partner in crime and all things Singapore, um, Mr. Kevin Matthews. Say hello, Kevin. Hi, Kevin. <laughs> and, hey, Kevin. And, and today, as the other voice that you've just heard is uh, somebody who we are quite uh, excited to talk about, mostly because we haven't seen this guy in, in, in Yonks. You know, uh, he, we, we first got to know him way back when, in the old days, um, when he started. This guy, I tell you, back in back back in the, in the nineties or something. We this guy, this guy is this guy is like one super Spitfire guitarist. Like, like I I used to think I used to think that he was like the Slash of Singapore, mostly because he could play very well, and he also had that that cool Les Paul. I remember I remember his, his Les Paul. And and the hair and the hat, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you, know, he had you, know, you know, it's really funny. I told Slash the same thing when I met him. He asked me, you know, why why I had to borrow your equipment. In, in fact, he was, his words was, why had, why did I have to borrow your shit? And I was like, well, you know, yeah, you're Slash, right? Said, I'm Slash of Singapore, dude. <laughs> So let's yeah. welcome Isa. Ooh. Yes, we. Isa, how are you? I'm good, man. Okay. I'm good. Thanks. Um, yeah, well, good yeah, to see yeah. you. Yeah, and, and the thing is, I mean, he's still he's still making music these days. You know, go online and you can still find his music. 
so let's let's talk about this this whole music thing. Um, you know, when did you like? Were you always very into music and, and rock music and, and guitars, especially from a young age, or was it something that you kind of like grew into? Yeah, so I, I started playing guitar when I was really, really young. I guess nine years old or something, you know, my mother brought me to this uh, music store and it, there was this, you know, three level keyboards, you know, there's the organs and the violins and all that stuff. And then, uh, you know, she asked like, okay, how much is that one? They said, what, 7,000? How much is that one? 9,000. Oh, <laughs> I said, I wanted the three level thing with all the Yeah, parts. yeah, yeah, yeah. Those yeah. Said, no, cool, like, no, you know what? You're getting that guitar up there because, you know, we don't know if you're going to stick around with this thing for long enough. <laughs> so the, the classical guitar, is it? Classical guitar. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Yeah, and this that's was the store. You remember, you guys, you remember the store in T-Center? There's one small shop in T-Center just facing the road. Yeah, yes, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. I, like yeah, I think it's still there. I think it's still there. Renner piano or something. Something like that, yeah, yeah. Music, yeah. Yeah, it's still there. yeah, that's yeah, been yeah. there for, for, for donkey's years, man. Been there for 30 years. You know, when I uh, recently I was back and I bought an acoustic guitar there, and I'm, I'm happy it was still there. Anyway, so so that launched my sort of guitar thing. I started taking lessons and I stopped for a while. But then, you know, in secondary school, uh, I didn't really want to do school work. Who did? I don't know. <laughs> I didn't want to do. I didn't want to do schoolwork either. Yeah, you know. So I found all kinds of. So I went roller skating. I was like, you know, num number ten in the you know charts of the roller skaters in Singapore. And then, uh, you know, everything, everything you could find a kid would do to just get away from school. Mm. You know, computer yeah. games, whatever. And then eventually, I found the guitar, and I said, "Well, you know, I found Prince." Oh, yeah. Okay. You know what? I like these songs. I'm gonna make some noise like this. I need. I need an overdrive pedal. And then I modified my acoustic guitar. I put a pickup on that thing and I and I, I put an overdrive pedal. I bought an overdrive pedal and I ran the thing. It was loud. I bought a little edit. Yeah. And I was happy. I was bliss. <laughs> so was that was that your, your guitar influence? Like Prince was Prince was your entry into Yeah, Prince was my guitar. entry into the guitar world, man. Uh, and over over the years, I mean I, I don't think many people know this, but Prince is actually a really good guitar player. Oh yeah, yes, yes. Yeah. People think, you know, people think of like, you know, maybe Zappa or Slash or whatever. But Prince is like, he's a quiet guy, but he plays the guitar really, you know, really nasty way. It's quite cool. Yeah, he, he could he could kinda of do a lot of different styles, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it's not it's not just his, his beat stuff as well. I mean like, you know, his his rhythm grooves. If you listen to all the songs where he's playing just the just the groove, it's like wow. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's um too bad he's you know not with us anymore. Yeah. Yeah. But his music, his music, I think, has made an impact. By the time we, we, we get to know you in the scene, this would be like in the early 90s already. You've been playing for quite some time. I remember you saying that. So I, I was going to the studios. Basically, I was at this place called the Route 88 Studios in Ming Arcade. And I got to know John Chi from, I guess, from... Mm. They, they had a pub somewhere called Woodstock. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, they, you know Keith used yeah. to run that. Yeah, yeah. But you know, a bunch of musicians there was hanging out there quite often. Um, you know, and I really got into the music scene. Started playing drums, started playing bass, started playing all these other instruments. You know, didn't go to school. Oh, <laughs> yeah. you know, all levels came. I was like, you know, oh wow, I forgot. It's like next week. <laughs> I forgot. Okay. Yeah, you know, I'm supposed to be, you know studying for an exam 
and I didn't, but, but I, I did really well writing songs though. I wrote a lot of songs back in the day. I, I met so many wonderful people, wonderful music people. I met, you know, Greg, uh, Gregory Teo, who ran the other thing, other project. It's called Noise Box, and he recorded me. I met, uh, you know, the guys who ran, ran the old guitar workshop. And those guys, you know, gave me a very interesting guitar sound. They gave me the, the so-called uh, uh, very thin Les Paul sound, which I wanted. <laughs> For some reason, I wanted that on my neck pickup. They gave me that sound, which was, you know, pretty much my sound at the time. Uh, I met so many nice people. I met everybody in, in, in the pub scene. And even today, right, it's like, it's interesting. I can, I can go back to Singapore and it, pretty much anybody in the music scene, they'll know me. And that's kind of cool. Yeah. Here in New Zealand, I don't know anybody. They don't know me either. Yeah. Um, just starting to get to know them, just starting to understand the scene. The scene is a little bit stayed because also partly because of COVID. Yeah. Yeah. Right, right, right. Uh, yeah. Okay, so coming back to the point. Um, so hung out at the studios, started learning drums, learning bass, started writing songs. So by the time 16, 17 years old, I had like 10, 20 songs. Uh, demos. Wow. Demos. Demos. Okay, okay. So these are fully fleshed out material already, right? It's not just... Yeah, recording on, on a two-track or eight-track. Reel to reel, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> What do you where do you where do you, who do you learn to play like like play drums and bass from then? Ah, you know, you listen, you listen and you learn, right? You listen and you learn. Ah, okay. There are people okay. around, so, so, so you self-taught a lot. Right? Yeah, self-taught a lot, and then there are people around, so you sort sort of pick it up. Uh, but I'm the type of person that I, I get fully involved in something. I, I I get that's my thing. I don't do anything else. So I I get fully involved in it. I think I learn a lot, and and I do that. Too bad I wasn't a, like a, a really good student when I was a kid. Yeah, you know, whatever okay. you know. Hang on, hang on. Right. Before, be, yeah, you you keep bringing that up, but I'm, yeah. I'm just gonna tell all the people out there who are who are, who don't really want to go to school. I'm I'm gonna say this first before before you continue and jump in and say like right now, if you go and look at this guy's LinkedIn account, he's a he's a he's a CV. You know, includes many different things, um, from like you know, participation at ASEAN. You know. He does like United. He did United Nations work. He worked with the what the what's the MPAA the in Hollywood. Yeah, I was the right? I was a technology director for the motion pictures. Right, so technology right. director yeah. for that. Okay, and, uh, and yeah. let me see what else. There's a whole bunch of universities linked to your name. <laughs> uh, you know, Oxford. There's Harvard. He was a late bloomer. Yeah. So <laughs> you know, yeah. So this can be possible for your children. Yeah, you know, I spent a, a lot of time and I don't regret it, guys. I mean, really, I don't regret spending and devoting myself into music when I was 15, 16, and I don't regret flunking my exams for my O levels. I don't regret it because I picked it up again and I could. I, I can tell you what, though, spending that time when you're 15, 16 years old and writing that songs, that opportunity will never come back again. Yep, yep. You know, your mind is a, it's a different mind. I really enjoyed it and, and I can never be that same person again. So over the years, I've been trying to come back to that and been trying to so-called so pick up where I left off because obviously, you know, down the line, I, I had to go to the army. Uh, I got signed to Pony Canyon and I had to go to the army the next month. Mm. I don't know if you know this. Chris, I think I, I must have had a conversation with you about this at the time, you know. But anyway, I, I had to go to the army and, and I had to stop all my music and in the army, I had all these songs in my head, and I put it down in hums, in tapes, in all kinds. Dude, I, 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 you know, I have a bag of tapes here, right here. 
from back to day. Holy shit. Oh, just showing us this huge big bubble bag of yeah. all this material. You know. <laughs> and it's been years, right? So so I've been trying to put them down. Um, I think it's really valuable that I spent that time when I was younger. It gives me kind of a mission in life because over the years, I've been putting these down one by one. And that's why I've, I've been putting stuff out on YouTube. But I do think that it is a very, very good experience to be able to record when you're a kid, when you're young, when you have time. Uh, it's a, you know massively a different experience. You can never have that. You can never have that rationally when you, you know, so-called, oh, I'm going to graduate out of university and go back into, into music. No, that's not going to happen. Right. Right. You do it because you are <laughs> you're foolish, you're stupid, and you, you, you just yeah. want to spend the time, you want to get away from everything else. Yeah. You do it, but it's valuable, man. You know, I think it's really valuable. But I had but I had to do that though. I only started doing albums and stuff in my in my thirties because this Singapore was dead when I was fifteen. Oh, what year that's was true, that's true. That's yeah, true. no look. 70s. Ah, okay. <laughs> this was during the great the great yeah. rock band. This is, the, this is the exception to the rule. <laughs> well, well, I think, look, you have a good point, right? There, there, there has been a lot of like so-called so great depressions in the music scene of Singapore. I've heard, yeah. I've, I've heard about this, right? And to some extent, that's why I'm here, right? In New Zealand. Mm -hmm. Because I don't want to have to go through that again. I don't want my kids to have to go through right. that. And right. I think the music industry is already so hard. And if people want to do what they want to do in the creative industries, they should have the opportunity to. And it's really mean to make things difficult for people who just want to produce and create good things right one of the things which was quite like quite astounding for for me anyway like when i first met you right um i think it was your your track was in uh the new school rock compilation that was the first time we, i felt mm. like oh who's this guy yes. you know yeah new, new school, school rock too, too like, yeah say, too. yeah because like we were there and then, I mean like most of the other names we recognize like you know the Padres okay well Pat's there again blah 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 you know with all these other musicians whom you kind of know and then all of a sudden like on the on side not side B what do you got like you know it's like a deep cut like tucked away like a deep cut is this person and it's just Isa and we're going like okay who is this, this guy? guy you know and uh, I think I, I think I made good friends at the time I met Patrick yeah. Chung you know he's mm. well connected he knows everybody <laughs> yeah that's true <laughs> He's, yeah, that's why he's like the godfather, you see, because he has his fingers in everything. Right. <laughs> you know, and everybody knows him. So it was nice to to get in touch with him. And I think there was the opportunity came up um, to put that, that song on. So so that, that was that. I mean, it's really early stuff, right? When I look back on all that music, I think, I think I'm so different now. I've gone through all these massive changes, right? You know, yeah. I've gone... I've, I've gone fat, I've gone thin, I've gone fat again, you know, I've, I've gone, you know, I've grown, I've grown old, I've grown young, or whatever, you know, you've changed, right? You've, yeah. you've seen different things, you've lived in the Dude, I've lived in five different countries, right? Mm, wow. Um, and, and so, looking back, I think that it was a good start, great start, you know, we should have continued it. That new school rock thing should have continued, not only for me, but for a lot of musicians, a lot of Singaporeans could have continued into, you know, as a as a as a plan as a program, right. new school rock. Right. Why don't you, you know, somebody think about this right now and, and release something? You know, I, I think that there's opportunity, and you guys are doing a good job. This is this is this is what it is. Lion City Rock, right? This is what it is today. Well, thank you for saying that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, we, we kind of figured that you know it's better to to talk to everyone while 
you know, our memories, our memories are still fairly intact. <laughs> yeah, me while we're still alive. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Well, yes, that, 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 too. that, that too. Yeah, that too. That too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, I think that that's important. Yeah, yeah establishing Let's talk about that. I mean, since you mentioned that you know, early stuff, so on uh, New School Rock Two, it was a was it was a track called uh, Yesterday's Love, but the next big one that we heard from you was a uh, can, Candy Whiskey, right? Yeah, Candy Whiskey. That would be the Pony Canyon release. How soon was that? Like between between New School Rock to Pony Canyon, was that? It seems like it seemed like it happened really quickly. It, like was it, like you know, we hear this one, and then all of a sudden, next thing you know, he signed. He's got his first thing, his first uh, track out with them. I think it was a matter of one or two years. One or two years. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I was itching to get into a bigger studio in a bigger situation. Look, uh, I, mm-hmm. I really enjoyed recording with Gary and, you know, sort of doing the eight-track thing. Bring drums mm-hmm. with my fingers. <laughs> still, yeah, still oh, right. do it, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we still do it. And musicians, we keep yeah. quiet about this. But we do, you know, play things with our fingers. Yeah, you know, yeah. going into a big studio, right? And then the next year it was about one year and i really enjoyed it really good good experience uh short time but i needed it i was really looking forward to it you must have been really quite young because like you went into ns only after candy yeah, yeah that's right, right but i went i went i went to the form studio man like myself right and i recorded all these right. songs and you know i i had frank uh frank lee record me and you know oh okay Frank, so today right. he's 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 a great friend and he, he you know he swears by me he says well and he pulls me in every once in a while so so sometimes I listen to these Chinese recordings right Chinese like you know radio songs and I listen to the to the guitar solo and like shit that's really familiar man I'm you know why is that familiar because Frank used to get me to do all these Chinese guitar solos <laughs> oh really <laughs> okay okay wow. <laughs> I used to come in to do that every once in a while. I sit at a coffee shop or whatever, you know, and I hear like, yeah. a little bit. Man, dude, you know, I know. Why do I know every <laughs> note in that solo? <laughs> in yeah. Do you know who? Do you know which which uh, who the artists were that you? you they they were they were random uh, Chinese artists from you know Singapore, from Taiwan, everywhere. Right, uh, right. Frank, wow, Frank, okay. Frank, Frank got me. Frank Lee got me into that direction, um, and and that was good. So so. It was about one or two years. I got I got into the studio. I met all these wonderful people. I met Frank. I met. Um, uh, I went. I recorded at Form Studio. Form Studio is a really fancy studio back in the day. Yeah, yeah. Nice, nice equipment. Really nice equipment. Stacks in Marshall stack. It was like the first time. I'm like, whoa. Okay, well, this is a proper uh, amp, right? How do I use yeah. this proper amp? Yeah. Yeah, a lot of buttons. <laughs> but I think one really valuable experience, I, I, I have to mention this, I have to veer out a little bit, I'm sorry. You know, I, I met Keith and John, and I went to Keith, I said, look, Keith, I, I have a, a small recording contract, it's worth about 18 grand, can you record? Back in the 90s, so so, so Jimmy Jimmy Wee from, from Canyon gave me that project, and I went to Keith, Keith said, yeah, let's do it. 
And then, you know, he started a recording studio called, I think it was called Route 88 Studios. And he bought the equipment, we set it up for about four months. I was just basically just tracking then. You know, interestingly, uh, we had, you know, people who are learning, getting stuff done, doing funny, funny, you know, interesting things around the studio, building it up, but I was recording music. So it was quite fun. I was lucky. I was lucky. I was lucky little kid, man. I was lucky little kid. I knew what, exactly what I was doing. I think all the studio musicians and studio producers knew that at the time. I played every, every, every uh, I guess, many instruments. But I was sort of, I felt I was at the top of my game. Here's the thing, like, it seems like those who actually have actually done stuff for themselves and really, like, you know, like, one of the reasons why you still remember these people is because they actually, they were very laser-focused uh, about what they wanted and how they wanted to get it. Go out, get it done, and then that's it. And whether people like it or not, it's kind of like, doesn't really matter. It's, it's a kind of like musical expression you want to put out. Was it, I mean, did you feel that there was, looking back, is it the same case for you? And No, no, absolutely. I, th I think maybe different people have got different uh, perspectives on their music, right? So for me, it's like, it's an escape. It's always okay. been an escape for me. It's like, you know, and it was an escape for me when I was a kid to not go to school, <laughs> you know? <laughs> okay. So, yeah. yeah. So it, it was an escape for me to to get out there to do something else. So it, for me, it didn't really matter what the genre is, whether it's rock or pop or, you know, I've done some electronic stuff. I'm, I, I wish I could, I, I wish I could be a better keyboard player, but I'm not. Uh, but I've done many different things. And the point of this is to experiment with different mm. music. Uh, for me, it's really to experiment with different music. I've done I've done stuff where I you know where I felt it was really electronic, really really experimental, and I can talk to you a little bit more about that um, later on. But in the in the year two thousands, early two thousands, I, I I came up with this little project, a little so called album release called Minimal Variations, and I was living on a boat, in between Singapore and Malaysia. Oh, okay, okay. I, I had a, a really rich friend, uh, Howard Shaw from, from the Shaw Brothers. Yeah, right. Howard Shaw. Howard's yeah. a really nice guy. Um, you know, I think uh, aside from all the, you know, so-called press and stuff, I think he's a little bit, he's been a little bit vindicated by, you know, so-called the, 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 the press. But I mean, you know, at the time he had like maybe, what, 20 yachts. And he had one interesting Belgian barge really interesting Belgian bars. It was like, you know, 70 foot. Um, and basically I, I, I paid for, for, for the living, I paid for the, the, the wharf and basically, you know, paid him so-called rent for it for about a year. Right. Yeah. And I lived in between Singapore and Malaysia and I recorded an album called Minimal Variations. He used to come over, we'll have a barbecue, whatever. I have lots of friends. Right. Um, but then at that juncture, I did a lot of experimental electronic stuff because I couldn't really get my whole drum set thing going. It's a little bit weird <laughs> drum sets move. <laughs> the boat, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? The is moving. You can't do that. So I'm like, I, okay, well, I go back to my, you know, playing drums with my fingers. <laughs> yeah. I think ultimately it makes sense if you are like a one-man band that you will tend to kind of gravitate towards electronic music. I think so. It makes a lot of sense. Because it's the same for me as well. Because you can, you can, you can do everything, is it? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I think so. And um, yeah, electronic music is interesting. So 
So if you think about it, so if you have you guys tried to transmute like rock music into electronic music? I've tried this. I like it. Um, I think it's interesting. So what I've done is I've, over the years, I've gone back into one or two old songs and I've tried to so-called transmute this whole thing into an electronic thing. It becomes really weird. So so some people tell me, dude, the groove's really bad, man. I can't groove this. <laughs> you know, my arm goes up here three times yeah. and then it goes up the other side. Yeah. He yeah. said, you got to fix this groove. There's something wrong with it. Yeah, dude, it's a rock song, okay? So, so I'm, I'm playing with this. I'm playing with it. But I like the weird vibe. To be honest, I like the weird vibe. And I don't care, you know? I really don't give a shit. You want to buy the album? Buy it. Don't buy the album? Yeah, don't yeah. buy it. I'm, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I have a date yeah. job, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. I mean, I think I think for me personally, like, I mean, electronic music is like really, uh, uh, it's the ultimate freedom of expression. Right, because you're not handicapped by, or you're not constrained by anything. You can get any, any kind of sound. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Right, yeah. Yeah, any, any any kind of sound is available to you. It's not, you're not limited to whether you can play an instrument or not, or whether you can find someone to play the instrument. You know, that's yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the freedom of it. Yeah. Yes, um, I, I think that that helps in terms of sound, in terms of new, new sounds and new vibes. But there, there is also uh, something to be said about mixing and going back to analog mm. and this is a conversation which i've been having with some friends you know about you know okay well you've done your electronic stuff you've mm. done everything how then do you go back and make it sound like a really good analog recording see the thing is right you can't get that analog sort of compression mm. right you remember the day yeah. when you were using tape yeah. yeah 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 remember the day when you were using reels right uh, you can you can really jam a lot of signal into that. Oh, that's true. Mm. And it's, yeah. it sounds really good. Mm. With digital, yeah. you can't do that, right? Mm. So then after you do all this digital stuff, you go back to analog. It really, really helps. It really, it really drives it. And you tweak the volume a little bit, right? And and it gives it such a beautiful vibe, man. And I, I, I really appreciate that. I think somebody should invent uh, a device that basically goes back into the past and goes back into it. <laughs> Analog, you know, audio tape mixing, just two track, left and right, and you know, you 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 bring up the the the, the amplification, uh, you know, just just boost it a little bit so you have a very slight uh, distortion. Your set, I like that. That's something I like to do. I'm just I mean, because, because like, I guess it, this will be like, when, when, do you, when do you go away? Um, this will soon be like late 90s. I went away, I went away in the year two, went away in the year 96, 96, yeah. I applied to go to, yeah, interesting. I applied to go to NAC. So I, I was signed, I was signed musician with Tony Ken. I recorded, you know, so many songs and uh, I was one of the few signed musicians. I applied to NAC to get a so-called scholarship to study music. 
They say my O-level grades were not good enough. Yay. <laughs> Typical. <laughs> right? I mean, come on. So, anyway, I, I, went, I, went to, I went to Harvard eventually in, in Cambridge. But anyway, you know, uh, screw that. So I, I left in 96, right? Uh, I think, and then I, I came back to Singapore in year 2000. By the way, the salaries musicians make in the 90s and the salaries musicians make today, since we're talking on the so-called money and income situation, right? It's exactly the same. Right? Yeah. Right? That's what, that's yeah. the thing. Can you tell me, can you guys tell me, yeah. does that make any sense? No. Yeah. That, that's yeah. one thing I've always been asked, wondering yeah. about. Like, it's crazy. How, yeah. how is it that, you know, like you do a gig at a pub, let's say, 20 years ago, I still get, you know, I still get the same amount <laughs> that if I do it now. Same yeah, amount. It's a hundred bucks. It's yeah, the same yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, how does that same work? Like, yeah. <laughs> it's crazy, right? And, and I've come across this situation where these massive pub owners, right? These large, you know, chain pub owners, people who like millionaires, they own a lot of... They won't give you a Coke because they want you to spend your $100 <laughs> on drinks. Yeah. Yep. yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, I, I've come across that situation. And I think it's disgusting. No, I mean... Yeah, yeah. That's why, that's why we, we, we don't have a proper industry music-wise here. I mean, come on, la, paying the musicians is very, very low yeah. on their priority yeah. list. Let's face come it, on, you la. know, paying them fair, not paying, not just, paying them is really one thing. You know, we've done so many gigs where we didn't even get paid, but paying them a fair amount is, you know, that's another, that's another whole hot potato altogether. <laughs> I, I think, I think this is one of the one of the problems. There needs to be, the the really direly needs to be some kind of protection for musicians in Singapore. You know, we invite all these foreign people to come to Singapore, you know, to have a good time, to, you know, be entertained, whatever. Musicians are not doing well. I mean, they're not making enough. And I think they work really hard, man. You know, you've got to carry your drum set into a gig. Come on, you know. The guy makes a hundred bucks. He, I mean, he's got to rent a car. How is he going to do that? I mean, there's so much love for the music, right? End of the day is like you really need to survive. The guy, the guy might, you know, it's tough, man. You, you might have family. Right? This is something that really needs to be done. But nobody really seems to like sort of because Singapore has a kind of a background about like protecting businesses and ensuring businesses thrive and there's no minimum wage and all that stuff. So the, the union is part of the NTUC and NTUC is friends with the government. It's really complicated, you know. Well, well, the thing is that's you know, I mean, I think this is a bit historical, really. But since the seventies, right when they started clamping down, right, the government has basically made it uh, very clear that you know we don't we don't care about the arts. But now apparently it is because they're trying to invite you know, tourists, and you know they forgot, they forgot about the local musicians. Right. So they realize that yeah, you know, if you have a good vibrant arts thing, people will come to. For the arts, it's like why people go to West End to go watch a watch a play or or a musical or go to Broadway for that matter. You know, Broadway itself is just it's just a you know in itself Broadway is actually if you go to Broadway you realize oh, okay whatever like it's just any other street anywhere in any city it could be out it could be Orchard Road for all you know except for the fact that you know every other <laughs> corner is a theater and every other you know every night there's a show going on and people go there just specifically for that. They go to New York so for, for the arts, 
for the music scene for you know people go to these so-called iconic places you know like last time like cbgb's just to go and see music there they were but I can tell you that as far as the government is concerned, right, even if they want to have a vibrant uh, live mm. music scene, entertainment mm. scene or that, they have no, no qualms about them all being foreign actors. Yeah, that's the thing. That's the thing. It's, it's not a priority local, for yeah, it to be local. So that's a bit different from what you're saying. Right, you right, know, right. Right. It's very different. They don't care. This, as, as far as they're concerned, it's not local, that's fine. Just just feel foreign acts. Right, right, right. No, that's a good... But it's a really good point for, for us three, right? I mean, think about it, right? We are Singaporeans. Mm. I haven't given up my Singapore mm. passport. I still walk around with that red passport. <laughs> okay. Right? Uh. Yeah. And, and I think that there's got to be a lot to be said about local musicians who give up a lot of their time, a lot of their, you know, sacrifice so much, right, to, to get involved in this industry that is so difficult to be in. Mm. Oh, and that takes out. That's why I asked you about this because you obviously went, I mean, you, you had to go and do work as well, but you also still continued putting out music where, whereas a lot of people would have just said fuck the music thing I'm just going to focus on my work I'm earning so much from my work why do I want to care about the music you know what I mean so it, it's really interesting right well, so while, while I was the technology director for the Motion Picture Association of America my work was really dealing with the Chinese government the Korean government oh shit wow okay you know Indian government dealing with them and talking about copyright protection and all that stuff and you know what was really interesting is when I was hired by WIPO, the World Intellectual Property Organization, to go to to go to Norway and to speak about digital rights to about 25, it's a very small team of 25 people who are supposed to be thinking about rights management and distribution of rights. Now I'm a member of Compass, right? As a member of Compass, you would you would think that you you know you make something out of it, this and that, but you know what? Compass is another organization. They don't really tell you how much they distribute, who they distribute yeah. to. The distribution is really, really vague. Dude, dude, don't get me started. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. I have please. to take a drink every time Every time somebody brings up something like this. But anyway, the point is, um, you know, I don't know how they distribute stuff. When I met with WIPO and I, and I presented in, in Norway about this issue about digital rights, none of the major studios wanted to share their database on underlying rights issues. So, so if, you, if you actually wrote a song and... For example, like an ethnic group or whatever, you know, ethnic bunch of people, uh, uh, cultural, old cultural song, whatever. The studios will not recognize it because the studios will say, well, you know, we own it. And they will not share with you, they will not share with the international sort of distribution, rights distribution organizations, how they actually distribute the rights. So actually, they'll give it to their friends and their, you know, their favorite artists and families. But at the end of the day, the guy who actually writes the songs or writes songs like you and me, right, don't really get anything much from places like Spotify, yeah, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. YouTube, all these places, yep. because it's distributed to six companies that will never share their database on underlying rights. Right, right, right. Mm. Yeah. So, you know, interesting story, right? So I, I, I sat beside Peter Jennings who, who, met, who used to manage Pink Floyd. Yeah. And I was hanging out with him for about you know, a couple of days and talking about these rights issues and stuff. Yeah, Peter Jenner. Peter, Peter Jenner, yeah. yeah. And there was no solution. Uh, no, nobody could come up with, with it. But that describes the, 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 the endemic problem in the music industry, not only in Singapore, mm. in the government scene, but also internationally, right? The whole... Yeah. Guys yeah. have been sitting out, sitting down on piracy for the past thirty years. They didn't do anything. Yeah. About it. They didn't do anything about it. Yeah. Right. So 
look, um, let's get back into the music. <laughs> yeah. We, we yeah. love we love our music, and we love yeah. creating it. You know? Yeah, and we love expression, and we hope yeah. that you know, sort of the environment, the technology, and government, and all these environments can adopt us in. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, the only the only thing we can tr- control is making the music. But everything else we cannot control. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, it, in a way, unless you have your legal, you know. And I mean, you know, I I I know I know we I know like as much as we we like on this podcast, we like to always celebrate the music. But we also want to tell people out there that you know, there's always this other side that you don't see. You know, we... give them the bad news. <laughs> <laughs> no, not the venues, but I mean, you know, the, the, you have this stuff that you need, you, you, as musicians as well, young musicians, you, you do need to know and you do need to... Don't sign with fucking major labels. <laughs> just sign with, just sign with indies that... that, that Self, self-release now, what for you need, what you need label, do yourself. No, la. but I mean, you know, know, know what you need, know what you need to, know, know what you need to control... <laughs> know what you need to own and stuff like that. I think all this kind of information sometimes gets lost by the wayside because, I mean, last time for us, also like when we got signed to BMG, we made it. I was like, shit, okay, we that's it. it, we're done. You know, <laughs> we were there. Here we are, we made it, right? It's like, it's like, wow, it's like, and then we thought BMG would be like, you know, doing the thing because we were signed on as the artists. So we thought, yeah, we thought that. We thought, okay, that's it. We're, we're made, we're made. Right? <laughs> <laughs> but obviously we were very wrong um, we did not know that we needed a manager to manage our operation we did not know that we needed somebody to yeah to we didn't know us in we, don't know. we don't oh, know yeah. we don't know la, because the industry was destroyed in the 70s so what would we know <laughs> take you guys out for a walk with me to enjoy the New Zealand to enjoy the New Zealand evening outside get some air how far wait, wait wait are you are you in north or south I'm uh, slightly north of Auckland okay yeah okay okay oh that, yeah but that's a nice nice <laughs> I don't mind I don't mind waking up to that kind of view of very reason. soothing all the green is very soothing it's it's interesting I mean I I have parrots around actually I have a lot of <laughs> It's so it's in like your own parrots or they just fly in? Oh, there's a while. And oh, okay. okay. It's so quiet sometimes at night. It's hard to sleep because it's too quiet. Too quiet. Really? Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> you still have that city You still have that city vibe with you. No, I cannot answer. Yeah. No, I miss the city. I, I miss making music. Look, let's get back to the, into this thing, right? Um. So I think that th- there's a lot of problems with the industry. And I, I, you know, I wish that the, the industry provided Singaporeans with a lot more ways to earn their income when they're making music, you know, 
This yeah. is a tough call, man. I don't know how to solve this problem. Everybody has their own interest in this. With COVID, you know, with COVID, like everything's up in the air right now. A lot of musicians yep, yep. not earning income. They're not yep. playing out, man. What's going to happen, man? This is a kind of a key thing. Like musicians like me, like like well, you know, I I make my music. I enjoy it. I I do it. I'm dedicated with it. But I'm not a, a club player, right? So I I don't really you know, play clubs and stuff. I don't have to sort of deal with it. But I think that, I think that there's a lot of cruel, cruel sort of treatment from pub owners and governments, governments and stuff. Look, you know, why can't the salaries move from $100 to something else over 25 years, man? Yeah, exactly. Well, it's really sad, dude. But it, it's, a, it's a mindset thing. Lah, because they don't think of what you do as value, see? I mean, bad enough, we had, uh, remember the last year, the Straits Times non-essential artist thing. Oh yeah, survey yeah, yeah. artists yeah, are the most non-essential uh, vocation. <laughs> In a time of COVID, but, I think they were talking but about. But even then, come on, I mean that kind of ex- that kind of expresses. But it's a message. What that's what they want to yeah, tell that's you. No, that's I mean, something they want to the, tell you. Yeah, not the branding and the messaging yeah. hasn't been right for a very long time. Like if you look at all the major headlines of music through the years, right through the but years. Guys, you, you know what? I, I, I think we cannot separate so, socio, sociology or socioeconomic factors from, from musical factors, right? Yep. If you walk down, if mm. you walk down Boat Key, if, if the pubs and clubs are open tomorrow, mm. right. there'll still be a right. whole bunch of foreigners and musicians are Singaporeans and still pay the same amount, right? But uh, the problem yeah, now is true. that there are not many, true, like, there are many pubs and clubs that have closed. Oh, really? Literally closed down. Well, no more yeah. doing business at all. Also on the restaurant side, right? <laughs> uh, there's a lot of subjugation. No, guys, seriously, there's a lot of subjugation going on, right? Yeah, yeah, yep, yep. happening. We we have to be clear about this. Yeah. Um, nothing very much has changed except for the people who can raise their own salaries, which are the politicians, right? I mean, tomorrow the guy will wake up tomorrow morning and say, "Well, I, I need a raise, right? You know, who's going to say something against that?" Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I think, you know. I think you know that that's one of the cruel things that's going on, right? There's a bunch, there's a fact, faction of people in Singapore who are able to just raise their own salaries, but I mean the musicians are not getting anything. The Singaporeans are not getting anything. This is a social economic issue. I mean, there's a whole bunch of people who are driving Grab now, and a whole bunch of yeah. musicians who are driving Grab now. Do they? Oh give yeah, a, man. I don't think yeah. they give a shit. They don't. They don't. Why would they? <laughs> they don't give a shit, right? Why and would tomorrow they? we'll probably hear another call for a raise of salaries for the politicians. You know. And who's going to stop that? Nobody. All they're going Nobody. to do is you know, come up with these other interesting things called POFMAS and POFMOOS and POFMAS and yeah. basically to shut you up and not able yeah. you to voice your opinions or our opinions about yep. all of these things that are happening. But I think these are the real issues. That, that, that there's a real link between the socio-economic uh, situation, the political situation and the music industry in Singapore. The music industry in Singapore has been suppressed. There's, Nothing yep. going on, guys. I mean, look, let's be honest. Yep. We, we, we wish that we could get something going. Eventually, I think it will, but not yet, man. It's still very slow. Yeah, it's tough, lah. It's tough. Um, it's always been that. I mean, since since the the late sixties, right? So yeah, I mean, my attitude yeah. to it is, is always that yeah, yeah, yeah. It is what it is. We can bitch and we can complain. Then at the end of the day, we are we are not in control, lah. So we are just we just basically do what we can, lah. <laughs> right, we just make our music, lah. Yeah, yeah. We just make our music. That's that's it. That's all we can do. I understand that. I understand that. You know, I understand that. But you know what? It's tough. It's a tough life. 
I moved to Malaysia for a while because I was uncomfortable with that situation. I moved to Malaysia. <clears throat> and you know what? I met so many musicians who moved to Malaysia. It's like funny. I'm walking around Johor. I'm like, hey, what's up, Bob? What's going on, Robert? <laughs> hey, what's up, Munir? All these yeah, guys yeah, yeah. Johor. Yep. All these guys have moved to Johor beside me in, in the same space. And I'm like asking the question, what's going on? They're like, they're all like, you know, Singapore is so expensive. We can't, you know, we can't live. Yeah. In, you know, we're losing our Singaporean talent, man. They're all going away. They, you know, they have to get away from Singapore in order to live in Singapore. It doesn't mm, make mm, any mm. sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm now in New Zealand. I'm now in New Zealand. I have to live in New Zealand in order to be a Singaporean that's happy. It doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, but for yourself, though, like the 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 choices that you made. I mean, obviously, I guess work has has a, has a big play to where you've been. So you've been around to all these different countries. You moved there, you know, looking from some like an insider outside looking in kind of thing. What what would you say is, I guess, the key factor or, or what you know or the big thing that you've picked up through through all your travels and your journey, your journeys, musical and otherwise, you know, that you you feel that you know that has kept you still wanting to do music like. Now, I mean, well, that's a really good question, guy. So, so Chris, that's a really good. It's raining now. I gotta get in. <laughs> yeah. but, you know, I, I have. So, so the question is, why am I still doing this stuff? And obviously, I'm doing other things. And what kept me going, right? So, I think I've never left the music industry. I never did. I never left the music industry. I've always been a musician. Mm. And you cannot take that from me. Yeah. The rest of it is sort of, you know, living with a situation and trying to survive the situation and trying to survive, uh, you know, life in Earth and stuff like that. But yeah, yeah. For me, you can't take that from me because I've always been a musician. I've always wanted to be a musician, and you know, that's who I am. The rest of it is sort of trying to put up with with stuff. People ask me why don't you get involved with politics? Why don't you become? <laughs> Dude, I'm a musician. I like I like making music. I like going downstairs to my basement. I like turning on my guitar. I like writing songs, and I, I like um, I like that. That's what I do. Yep, 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 yep. I don't want to do anything else. I mean, yeah. And the rest of the stuff has been sort of, you know, periphery to my main thing. And actually, my my main thing has suffered a lot. One second, my main my main thing, music, it just suffered a lot. Um. I, I'm just sort of trying to put up with it and trying to feed it like a you know little little animal, little monster, whatever, and to see yeah. where, where it can go. Um, I, th- I I don't think it's very different from you guys because yeah. I know you, both you guys, both you guys are musicians. Both you guys yeah. probably be there at the same. Yeah. You know, we we all try and feed the music. We we all have this periphery stuff to make the money mm. to feed the main right, monster. Right. So, so totally, that's... absolutely, man, spot on. That that is our profile. <laughs> is exactly <that>. <laughs> <laughs> I think so. I think that's what it is. End of the day, that's what keeps us going. But we can't do it full time. We can't do it hundred percent. So we got to do all this other stuff. And you know, we've got to bend backwards. You got to go and do part time jobs. You got to teach. You know. Yep. You and me, we were teaching at Republic Poly. It was good, mm. you know, but you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, yeah, we got to do all this other stuff 
in order to feed this little beast that is in the back of our head, right? This little beast is called music and musicians and friendship mm. and right songwriting. Yes. It will never go away. It's a, you know, no, it's no, no. Of course you not. Have the rest of your life. Yep, even, yep. And you just gotta, you know, feed it. And write as much music as possible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you, you say all these things, right? So if some, let's say somebody, some kid meets you and goes like, I mean, when you're back in Singapore, like, you walk down the street or you, you, you've just done your talk or, or something, some kid comes up to you and says, oh man, I want to, you know, I've been, I'm inspired. Yes, this beast of music is living in me. I want to, I want to, <laughs> I want to do this thing. I want to do music. What would you say to this person then? Oh, that's a really good question. Man. <laughs> yeah. I'd say do it, man. I'd say do it. I say do it. There's no question. The music thing has benefited me over my life. I've, uh, my life is so much more colorful, so much more happier. I am so much, much more of a happier person. You know, and I have this little girl here. Hello. <laughs> What's your name? Hello. Hello. Okay, go. Bye bye. Hey, close the door. Um, yeah, the music thing is really important, right? So I, I, I don't, I don't see, I don't see any reason why somebody should not do it. And if they need to move away from Singapore, I think they should. I think Singapore is not a very, mm. very, very good place for this. It's a good place for people who want to shut their mouths and deal with pofmas and all these regulatory requirements and, you know, um, whatever it is that they think they're doing. You know, if people need to move away, I think that you should move away as fast as possible, as soon as possible, so it, so you can create some good music. And Singaporeans are smart. Singaporeans are, are, are brilliant people. They are born in a good place. They've, they're born in a place where they can survive. I think that they should just be born and move away. If they are talented, move away. Come back, get another foreign citizenship and come back as a foreign talent because the government, you know, apparently sees you in a better light. And you, you apparently will be able to get jobs and that will pay you better salaries. So that's good. Go away, get shit done uh, and, and stay away from Singapore and do your music and be well and succeed. The only issue I have now with the music industry is that there's no medium for distribution. I really don't think Spotify is cutting it. I don't no, no, of course not, of course not. I don't think the streaming services are really cutting. No, it. they don't make money. What to begin with, right? They don't really make much of a, much profit. What? All their income goes to licensing, right? From all the the labels that they license the music from, right? And then and you know the rest is just measly or what? whatever's left is measly. So I, how I mean, how Spotify even went public IPO? I to this day I still don't you know, know how. It, it, <laughs> And they don't give a shit about music. To be honest, they are business, right? So yeah, yeah, they don't. Back in the day, when you had see the difference is like when you had a CD, you sell it on the front end. You sell a CD. Okay. Right. Now with Spotify, you get royalties on the back end. So they 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 sell one million streams and they get a amount of money and they give you a a tab. Yeah. A small tip. So that's you know so so called collecting copyright on the back end. Yeah. I think musicians, to be honest, all musicians to bang, you know, get together and decide this is our new 
distribution mode. We're going to create one new mode. We're going to distribute. We're going to share the income by ourselves. We're going to make our incomes by ourselves. And none of these majors are going to be involved in this. And we're going to protect the distribution. We're going to make the monies for ourselves. I think that there is the possibility that this can happen. I mean, look, there's cryptocurrencies nowadays, there's distribution of digital assets, there's distribution of all kinds of stuff. Why can't there be a new platform? Can we not have a new platform for yeah. this? Look, I, I mean, love- I, yeah, I mean, ideally, la, I mean, that's a very utopian, utopian thing. La, yeah. Of course, in theory, of course, in theory, of course, it will work, yes. You know, maybe, maybe it's records. Let, let's go back to records. I don't mind going back to records. I love records. I just bought a whole bunch of records. Why, why don't musicians band together and say, well, we have decided and we're going to screw all these distribution guys because they're full of shit. And we're going to distribute our own music and we will make the copyright at the front end. We'll sell, sell our own records. And people, if you want to hear good music from real musicians, you buy records. Yeah, but unfortunately, most most of the musicians, right in the world, right, are still locked into this that hamster wheel, lah. Right, there's been a, around for for years and years and years, right? The label and the publisher and the distributor and all that is they're still in this wheel, even though technology has allowed us to kind of get rid of all those people, but we are still kind of sucking at that teeth, lah, so to speak, even though it's dry already. Yeah. There's still a lot of old, old things still going on here. Yeah? yeah, exactly. And those people will do whatever they can to protect because that's all they have now. <laughs> I mean, labels are what are they there for? They, they do nothing, but they don't provide any of value. <laughs> right? Same publishers or that, what are they there for? This is a really important conversation, guys. You know, I think if you guys, Lion City Rock, if you, you know, one of your next, you know, sessions, maybe you can get like a, a, a like a conversation between like musicians about like you know distribution and digital rights and stuff. Maybe an interesting panel, sort of you know like a open conversation forum, open conversation where musicians can come together and say, well, you know, this is what I'm facing. You know, and document it and publish it and send it out in you know, a press release. I think this is this is important for Singaporeans. Definitely something to consider, yeah, think about, yeah. yeah as a music writer, I, I would come across all these musicians, younger musicians, right, who are starting out, and I'll be like, okay, you know, give me your, give me your music, let me review it, let me, let me, and we can do something with you guys to get your word, get the word out there. Um, but yeah, as, as Kevin mentioned, a lot of them were locked into this whole idea, of, oh, I can't do it by myself. I can't do it. If, and this was, I mean, I'm talking about the 2010s already, where, you know, home recording is actually easy with GarageBand, yep. some yep. You know, programs like that, they can use all these programs. To, so you don't need a technically a studio anymore, yep. per se, yep. right? Yep. Um, unless sound, unless you want to get a live drum sound, whatever it is. But technically, you don't need a studio. Um, and, and things like, you know, copyright, uh, or rather owning your own publishing or that was, uh, has been a thing. So people yep. have been, you know, we, we form our own publishing company, blah, 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 right? Yeah. But a lot of them were still locked into that and they were like, oh, I need to get a deal with say the majors or I need to sign with somebody and 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 they stopped and they stopped that there and because they still had that and which was quite funny because I, I had that mindset last time I thought if I sign with somebody then that's it they can handle everything I just need to turn up and play you know that was obviously <laughs> our fault but we 
because we didn't know any better. Because we saw that happening to all our favorite bands. We saw that happening to REM. We saw that happening to U2. Then they got they got signed because to a major, and then they got like you know, and, young and you know, stupid. Yeah, exactly, young and stupid. And uh, and 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 they would they seem to be like that. Oh, we need to sign with all these major majors so that we can get our music out there. But we don't have managers. We don't have proper yeah. proper artist managers. You know what I mean? We don't have managers. Yeah, yeah. you know this the, is the clicky thing. Yeah, like whether it's a roadie our, our or whether industry, it's a... Our industry in Singapore is shortened because we don't have proper people who will be able to liaise between the artist and the industry. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah, yeah. That, that's yeah. exactly it. Because so, technically it's not an industry. I mean, it's, yeah, it's a scene. If you can't make money, yeah, it's, it's not an industry. <laughs> the industry only happens when your commercial viability starts rolling. But... But yeah, but it's it's the same. I mean, I noticed not just that, not just with music, but with with with. Uh, I mean, I used to work for a publishing company doing books oh, yeah. for a few years, and those guys are even the same authors la. are even worse off than the editors. Okay, I tell you, like on the totem pole. <laughs> they, same lah, film, film, and all that is the same also lah. No, I think I think film has a slightly better advantage over slightly only lah, but they all have to do TVC to survive lah. Yeah 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 yeah, but the thing is, the authors cannot do any of that kind of stuff as well. Yeah lah, that's true lah. That, better lah, true lah, true lah. <laughs> it is better. You, you know, it's actually really sad that there's a whole bunch of people, a bunch of musicians who will give actually give up music because of this. Because yeah, of yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's what I mean when I say I feel a bit sad when I see these young musicians doing the thing because I'm going like, I don't know how long you're going to be here for. <laughs> yeah, exactly. As a musician, you know. I, I, was doing, I was doing this thing, I was doing this, this whole series about young musos, whether yeah. it's electronic like musicians or whoever. And, I, and I, I'm like, wow, okay, these guys, they're good. You know, they actually, obviously, technically, they know their stuff. They know how to put beats yeah. together. They know how to craft the melody. No, no, no. no. The, the, the young guys are great, man. Dude, yeah, they, they know so much more than us, right? right? I mean, look, technically, right, the young people, they're always there. So yeah. we always need to support them. They're always there. Yep, I totally okay. agree. And I'm like, wow. But at the back of my mind, despite all the ease of actually creating the stuff, they're getting out there. But if they don't know about that, then that's it. You know, how are you going to get it out? Give them three to five years, yeah. I, I want to mention something. Eh? While we're on this subject, I need to mention something. So so this is a, a kind of a personal experience. Now, coming back to my, my sort of um, I, I experienced right. So when I left the music industry in the twenties, in, in my twenties, because you know I, 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 got, I was signed, and then immediately a month after I was signed, I had to go to the army. I mentioned that just now, right? Mm. So that cut short my my music career. Cut short my music thing. I was signed to a major label. It was pretty major. I, I think Fuji Sanki, Pony Canyon is pretty major. Yeah. Got all my own songs, had my own stuff, and they had a plan for me. Like I was going to tour Malaysia, tour Japan, this and that, the other. I couldn't do anything because I had to go to BMT. And my job in the army was picking leaves. Uh, it was a really good job. <laughs> what? Um, you know, for the next three months, my job was picking leaves in Tekong, Pulau Tekong. So, so after, after over the years, and, uh, you know, I still got the music in, in me. And over the years, I lived in the UK because I went, I went to Cambridge. I went to school in Cambridge. I, I, I lived in Malaysia. I, I worked at the UN. And I came back to Singapore. I worked for 15 years for the Motion Picture Association for 10 years. And I started teaching here and there, whatever. Uh, I moved to New Zealand, you know. But I've always wanted to re-record. I always wanted to record these songs that were in my head mm. when I was in the army, while I was picking leaves, you know, 
unfortunately, and uh, you know, it, it sounds terrible. I'm sorry to say, it was what it was. I was picking leaves, and I had music in my head. And I had music, music that told me I, I was three different people at the same time. You know, I had music, all kinds of music, because I was really depressed. I had, you know, two friends. A song of mine is about me splitting my mind into two, talking to each other because I was freaking bored, picking leaves, doing nothing. I needed intellectual capacity. I needed intellectual involvement. I needed to make music. I couldn't. I was really depressed. Uh, you know, anyway, for 20 years afterwards, 25 years afterwards, 30 years afterwards, I'm, I found all these tapes in my, you know, in my, my mother's house when my father died. And I brought them back and I started recording. I started listening to them on a four track recorder you guys remember what's a four track recorder <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 for the studio yeah okay you remember the tapes that go into these things yeah the normal cassettes the... I, I, I had a hundred of these tapes all right yeah wow wow so I had a lot of songs i had to go through all of them there were some half songs quarter songs whatever so all the songs in uh in 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 the past few years that i've, I've recorded before before um, let me see, between 2012 and 2015, Music for the Corrupt State. I've got it on, on YouTube, part one and part two. It's all of these songs that were recorded in the army when I was, you know, running around doing stupid shit. Now, what I wanted to say was not that. What I wanted to say was, now, it's really weird for you over 30 years afterwards to go back to these songs and listen to them because you're really close to them. And listen to this guy who's playing them, and and really jamming with this person who is not you anymore, but this person who you feel is this guy is really talented, man. He's got some really good ideas. Yeah. How did he do that? <laughs> yeah. How did he do that? And, you know, yeah. what was he? How was he? How was you know? What was he thinking? Yeah. But you know that brought me a tremendous joy. And uh, it was really weird. You know, you, you change musically, people change. Yeah. 30 yeah. years down the line, yeah. you're not the same musician. Yeah, of course. Yeah. You, you might be jamming with yourself and you're jamming with a different dude. It's interesting. Uh, I, I, I really enjoyed that. And uh, music for the corrupt state, part one, part two, especially part one, is that situation for me. I've got all these songs that I eventually, 20 years down the line, went back and re-recorded these songs that I had in my head while I was sweeping the floor and picking up leaves as a so-called person, you know, you know, protecting the Singapore government and the country from foreign invasion. But I did it. And it's a life, it's a life project. I hope other people have the same, same experience. I hope other people have the same drive for music. Uh, for me, it was a very strange adventure talking to myself musically. Just have to see what happens, you know that's what I say. And all my friends know that's exactly what I say. I guess, you know, knowing where you are now and all that, 
what what would you say would be the best thing or the, the worst thing about being ESA right now? The best thing and the worst thing about you being ESA. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. I would I would say that the best thing is um, you know, I, I have the freedom to to write the music and get shit done. And actually I'm I'm doing it. So so I, I met a really good bass player. Uh, we're looking for a singer. We've got 12 tracks. It's really, really killer tracks. And we wanna we want to find a good singer. I mean, the best thing about me, I guess, right now, I'm still persevering, still trying to get music done in my own way, trying to do it. So, you know, in the past lockdown, and it's tough to do stuff like this in lockdown, right? Yeah. Uh, I've recorded 12 songs with my neighbor. Oh, okay. okay. Uh, this guy who lives nearby, and he, he plays bass. He's a killer bass player. And he knows Vietnam. He knows Singapore. He lived in Singapore. So, you know, we had a good time. So that 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 that's the best thing. The worst thing is that, no, I'm conflicted, right? I'm conflicted between my music and all this other stuff. And, uh, you know, eventually that will come to a head. Hopefully not before I, I, I pass. <laughs> yeah. You know, you know I, I'm a musician. I'm an, I, I'm an artist. But I'm also, a, you know, a technology guy. I'm also a, you know, an academic. I'm I'm currently doing my PhD. Oh. Hopefully, I'll finish wow. it because I started, you know, it was a long time ago. But but it, it's uh, it's interesting to to have this balance of different things going at the same time. It's a dangerous situation, you know. So so that's the bad thing. That sounds like your your title or your contrarian your track contrarian. I want to be a contrarian, yeah, actually, right? So that's what you say, right? I'm I'm a contrarian, right? Actually, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, you know, by the way, I have to mention uh, a friend of mine, Bill. He he helping me. I, I met him in the 90s in Kandahar Street in Singapore. One of these foreigners who who had a recording uh, uh, device in his house. And basically, we went in there, we recorded stuff. Yeah. Uh, good guy. He's got a hell of a, you know, a mean, strong, rough voice. So I got okay. in touch with him to sing some of my songs. Check out this one, uh, Be My Friend. I love the song. I think it's great. I have a friend. Uh, I have a, another friend who 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 loves it. He he. You know, I don't want to, I don't want to name drop and stuff, but he has got eighteen Grammy awards. <laughs> yeah, eighteen. That, just just this, just this guy I know. That all won yeah. eighteen. That okay. all. <laughs> you know, dude, the people that you meet in the technology industry, fantastic. Okay, yeah. yeah they are retired musicians who got tired of the music industry who won went into music. Yeah la. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, so this guy, I, I hung out with, good story, I hung out with him in China in, 19, in 2010. So I was hired by a company called Intertrust to go to China to talk to the Chinese government about standards for distribution and uh, movie and, and music distribution and rights. And basically we presented a, a, a town called Hangzhou. Hangzhou. Yeah. And we presented to the, you know, pretty much the Chinese Communist Party about digital rights and protecting rights and stuff. You know, we hung out, we drank beer, we ate food, we, you know, we hung out. He's like a really normal guy, man. He's a tech guy, right? You know, he had a bit of long hair. I was like, so they told me, dude, he's a musician. You got to listen to his stuff. I'm like, yeah, dude, you know, I'm a musician. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I, 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 I'm the man because, you know, I have a, <laughs> I have a Les Paul. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. 
<laughs> I have a distortion yeah, yeah. pedal. <laughs> yeah, I have a giant freaking amp. You know, <laughs> screw you. I'm the man. So, so I, I didn't give a shit, but after hanging out with him for about a week, and we are friends now. His name is Albi Galutin. Oh, oh my God. God. You know this guy? No. He went yeah. with the BGs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, Fucking so, hell. You know this guy? I, I didn't know this guy. I mean, I was <laughs> hanging out with him. Yeah, yeah whatever. So, so, so I got back to Singapore and I, I Googled him. And, and I was like, holy shit, this guy is a proper freaking musician. And I mean, look, he's got 18 very uh-huh. I didn't know this. And, and I wrote an email to him, dude, I'm, I'm sorry, man. You know, all, all the things I said about, you know, about you, I'm sorry, we're friends again. <laughs> I think he may have engineered the BG songs on Saturday Night Fever, what the fuck lah. He did, he did. No, he engineered, yeah. he engineered, uh, uh, cause and all those things, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and he likes, he, by the way, he likes my, my song, uh, Make a Friend. So, okay, so check okay. it out. He says, he says it's a good song. Okay. But that's interesting because you know there's so many musicians who are who are in really nice, who have done so many wonderful things, who yeah. who moved out yeah. and, and do different things. Yeah, I'm I'm really impressed, man. This guy, he's done a lot of good work. So, eighteen Grammys. How <laughs> to argue with that? <laughs> Definitely, it's yeah. You know, we need more people like you to yeah, yeah. come in and, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Help you know, you know what we need? We need, where, where we need Do you know what I mean? A lot more supportive parents. No, supportive parents. Look, my, my parents never supported my music. They told me, look, you gotta go and graduate, or you gotta go be a you know a, a engineer or whatever. You gotta get a job. You you gotta get a normal life. I think that 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 frame of mind needs to change. Yeah, yeah. But you can't really blame them either, lah. you know. That generation, right? Yeah, that generation yeah. were basically brainwashed yeah. in the 70s. Yeah. They believed their arts was evil, music was evil, and all these things. But... Well, how, how can we... How, how, you know, this is a good point, right? So how can we influence sort of parents to realize that they support their kids, right? You know, if they're musical, they want to do music. Let them do music, right? So it's like, you know, I've been out of Singapore for five years now, four years now, and things haven't changed. It looks like, it sounds like things haven't, right? So I think that, uh, you know, there's got to be a little bit of so-called awareness, education, whatever, you know, to help parents understand and, you know, to fix the industry, right? To, to, to allow musicians to make some money doing this work. There's so much to be done, man. There's just so much. I... I one person, I can't fix any of these things. I'm, I'm glad you guys are doing this Lion City Rock stuff. It helped. <laughs> but it's definitely not to fix it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we have no illusions about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we were bored. <laughs> American, American parents, right? If their kids are musicians or their kids love music, they'll support them all the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, different. Uh, so different. Very Maybe different, very different. Does, does, New Zealand, does New Zealand have a music policy? 
like an industry? Do they have like industry? Yeah, there's a music industry, but I have to say that the the industry here is so bent on like you know real estate and property and stuff. People make uh, a lot of money doing property, buying and selling houses. People don't care about music, music as okay. much as they they care about making tons and tons of money, uh, buying and selling houses. Right, right, right. So law is the exception to the rule, so. People make a lot of money doing other stuff. There are still musicians. There are good musicians hanging around. Yeah, 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 they are. But, you know, they they make better money doing something else. You know, you make a lot more more money be, being a plumber, right? You make a million dollars a year. Wow! <laughs> wow! You're obviously in the wrong country, Kev. <laughs> doing the wrong job. We should yeah. <laughs> we should go over there and become. Yeah, I, I I I cannot do plumbing. You can't. Eh? I I know how to I know how to use a monkey wrench and and fix the pipes. But you know, no. I just want to say also, uh, Isa. Um, I think basically everything that you kind of shared really kind of resonated with me, because like you, I'm also kind of you know this 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 is what you shared about looking back some some of the old songs that you did when you were younger, right? Because I'm I'm the same thing. I have tons of songs over the years. Like in the '80s, I have like thousands of songs which I never touched. You know, that kind of thing. You know, so it's like yeah, this maybe that's an idea. I don't know. <laughs> it's really weird to to be jamming with yourself. Yeah. Then. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's wonderful. You know, it's something in life that you cannot value. Is it, it's you know priceless. You're hanging yeah. out with this guy. You're hanging out with this guy who is actually you. Twenty thirty years ago. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's kind of like looking looking back at the songs you. Like the songs I wrote when I was in my twenties and stuff like that, and looking at it, it's like mm, it's a very different space, right? Hit space and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, something to consider. <laughs> Thanks for that. Thanks for that. Yeah. Okay, lah. We don't want to. We don't want to keep you from your know, other more important things that you need to do other than chatting with us. You mean drinking? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's that's important as well. Yeah, man. Cheers, man. You guys, you you know, come back to me uh, in another session. Uh, if you if you have some time, we'll yeah, no, definitely, more. definitely, it'll be good. It'll be it'll be good to 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 pick your brain. Yeah, shoot the breeze. Yeah. You, you want to do the the session for like music rights and in distribution and survival and stuff? That'll be a really good session, man. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That, that's yeah, yeah, that we can definitely can do that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Can can. But thank you very Thanks, much, man. seriously, Isa. Thanks, Isa. For taking time, man. Really appreciate. I don't know what's happening with the little girl outside. I gotta go. Uh, you know. Yeah, check. I mean, it's what it's dinner time over there now, right? So I guess you gotta go and get your get your towel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, but thanks so, a lot, man, and, and take care. Take care. Take care. I, I hope. Uh, I hope that, that that was you know interesting and useful and stuff. Yeah, I think the struggle is the same pretty much everywhere. Mm. Uh, it's a good struggle. It's great to make music. It's good to be a musician. We just gotta, you know, get some of these protections and yeah. distribution things sorted out. Yep, I yep. think it's gonna be great for everybody. Yep, yep, definitely, yep. man. True, yeah. true. Yeah, yeah. We won't keep you any longer, lah. Thanks, thanks very much once again. All right, guys. Yep. Take care. We'll see you. Call man. me Take in. Care. Call yeah, me yeah, in yeah. Again. I'll WhatsApp you. I'll WhatsApp you now that I have your direct, direct contact. Yeah. Thank you, sirs. Bye. Yep. Thank you very Bye. much, you have man. Have a good Saturday. You yeah, too. Thank you, too. you for you your too. time. Thank you. Bye. Bye. And that's it. Another very intriguing uh, episode of Lion City mm. Rock. Yep, yep. Right. So it's great to catch up with uh, Isa, and obviously uh, based on a lot of things, 
Vegas shared with us, you know, suddenly, uh, you know, lost a lot of ideas for us to spin off. Yeah, uh, that forum thing. Into, yeah, into know? future episodes and future seasons. Yeah, just podcast definitely. So thank you so much uh, for your time and attention for listening to us uh, this past hour or so. Uh, just uh, just uh, do the usual thing. Make sure you like, subscribe, give us your feedback, share, etc., share, et share, and so forth. Right, and then we'll we'll friends. see you again uh, next time, in the, uh, same time, same place. Same time, same place, yeah. same platforms where yeah. you get your podcast. <laughs> yep, same platform. So take care and ciao. Bye.